if you were to take your art out for a meal, where would you take it? I'd probably take it somewhere one-on-one -on -one with me, but maybe overseas to a new area. Okay. Um, to really get to know it, I think. To, re <laughs> to reconnect with it. Because there's so much, I guess, around what we do and the artist's life has so many different aspects. You know, you, you, you lose sight of, of what, you know, what it truly is and, and what it means to you and, uh, and how special it is. When did you first notice your art? I guess we all are creative when we're younger, aren't we? We're encouraged to draw and paint and things like that. So I've been doing it, I guess, since then. Um, but then once you start to get older, you realise it's something that you have to then sort of work to keep and to maintain. And you realise that, hey, you have to sort of carve out time for it. Was it a slow burn or was it quite fast and hot in terms of that noticing and committing? I think it was slow. Um, and depends as, as well what you do in your spare time like if you have time to just ponder and that's you know that extra time it's a privilege to make art so if you have that spare time you know what depends what you use for it and i was always into drawing uh and coloring in copying pictures i just like the slowness of an engagement with you know the surface and building things up and so it's a slow burn i think yeah. Ooh, what did you like to copy? Well, when I was younger, it's just like illustrations, cartoons sort of stuff. Like, oh, there's a face. Oh, I can copy a nose. Like, you kind of get past that stage of like, I can get a likeness to something, you know. So it's like, wow, I oh. can just <laughs> draw it what I see. Like, I'm amazing. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a mirror. <laughs> yeah. How long were you dating your art before you committed to it? Well, I think in high school it became more of a an understanding of, okay, I'm doing art. Um, and then, so I was definitely in the lunchroom a lot during school, focusing on that and had a passion for it. Um, but then I also was into, into music and other kind of creative aspects of things. So, um, so yeah, it was a back and forth between visual art and music. As kind of these two creative loves. Yeah, I like the, um, yeah, it's hard work to make something because there's no rules and formula to, and also there's no criteria to judge it other than you know your subjective criteria so it's difficult but then the joy you get when you make something you're happy with and it's a sense of discovery and then you're like wow there's something that i made that is beyond me you know then that's a thrill you know that's an exciting thing to work towards how did you know you had committed to your art well, my dad said to me uh, when I was uh, like a teenager, he's like, by the time you're 21, have something on the go. And I took that to mean like pick something and like really do it properly. Uh, and so I picked art and then went straight from school to uni and did uh, almost four years of uni. And I thought, okay, I'm going <laughs> to make this art career thing. So um, that got me really like, um, you know, passionate but also persistent and like to, for an ethic like okay I need to do this and I need to also prove that I could do it in Perth at the time being an artist uh, wasn't seen as like that's kind of difficult yeah <laughs> I'm Try, just gonna say I'm it to no say offense it, like, no offense but <laughs> yeah it's like the classic thing is oh you're an artist oh so what else do you do you know it's like oh that's a nice thing for the weekend you know um, that's not everyone, but it's yeah, it's no, no, thing. yeah, yeah. So it also that kind of fueled me to be like, hey, I can prove that I can do this. Um, I'll show you, you know, that kind of thing. 
I love it. What did you have to give up in order to commit? Or did you have to give anything up in order to commit to your art? Sounds yeah. like maybe music. Yeah, I gave up music for a while, but also giving up um, maintaining relationships with friends and things like that. Like you have to give up that social time, which uh, that's, I guess, for everyone, a bit of a balance. But uh, you, you have to spend, I spent long, long, long hours in the studio. And that's what I thought when I was younger, that was the key. If, I, if I'm in the studio longer than such and such, that's, that's the recipe. So I'd make an effort to like really be dedicated to what I was doing. Uh, in terms of time and commitment in the studio. Um, but as I get older, I realise that's not so much the key, <laughs> that art happens outside the studio as well. Yeah. So, um, but uh, that ethic and that dedication, I think, is still a good thing to have. What's the craziest thing you've done for your art? Well, I've gone to, I've done a few residencies and I've done like projects where looking back, it was a bit stupid <laughs> what I was trying to do. <laughs> Not stupid, but like it's quite extreme. I was um, taking silicon impressions of like public shops in Paris, and like and I didn't really know which type of silicon to use when I was there, so I'd like put it on the surface, expecting it to pop off cleanly, and like there's all this residue there, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to clean this up? And uh, like, and you know, you're in a public space, so like being in public and making, you know, working. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and a new language, um, but it's, it's good though. You need to get outside of your comfort zone and do stuff like that, and you learn a lot. Have you ever cheated on your art? Uh, as I said, with music is the, is the other thing. Um, there was a time when I, after my honours, I went, lived in New York for a year, and I had an art studio there, which was very expensive, but I ended up spending most of that time making music and made an album and things like that. Uh, and so the music became a focus for maybe five or six years. And then, and then I moved to Sydney from Perth and thought, okay, I'm going to re-enroll in an MFA or into an MFA, and now I'm going to go back to art and <laughs> reconnect with, um, yeah, with, with the visual arts. So it's, it feels like I mean, my next question was, how do you woo your art to get back in the good books? Mm. It sounded like study was the first step. Yeah, um, you, have to, you just have to cultivate it and and. I think have a, have a practice, you know, you, you need like, I remember reading at a time where I was like, okay, what are successful people's routines? You know, like people have that self-help. Yes. <laughs> Surely there's a formula, yes. <laughs> you know? And uh, what I got from all that was just like, even people who have quite uh, erratic days, there's still a routine, there's still a, um, an ongoing practice, there's still a, like a, a showing up, you know? And so that's something I've always tried to do is, is you know, be there for it, even if it's not working or um, commit, you know, just, just to commit to it and, and know that like it's, it, you're going to make horrible art as well. And almost to expect that, like now when I'm starting a new body of work at the beginning, I'm like, okay, I cannot wait to make horrible works. <laughs> They're going to be <laughs> Get so through bad. the rubbish yeah, yeah. and get to the and good like, stuff. I made another horrible one. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's like the formula, you start seeing the same formula at the beginning of a show and then the end of a show, it's like, okay, horrible, 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 experiment, experiment, experiment. And then a seed of something and then like, oh, okay, a new thing. And then you get that rush of like, okay, I think I have a, a new direction, you know, and then that's when it starts to kind of click. And so now that yeah, I've done a few shows and things, you sort of see those those same those same processes 
uh, go along and you can kind of identify it and kind of almost plan for those stages of it um, rather than like starting again every time you know from ground trust in the rhythm and the cycle yeah and just knowing that like art is not easy like it's you know, well, it, it is if you want to make stuff that has been done before or whatever, but if, if, it, if it wants to surprise you, mm. which I think is, that's my ultimate goal, is like discovery rather than execution of a pre-existing idea. Uh, and once it does that, you need, to, you need to then sort of put yourself out there and try all these different things. And um, so that takes time, you know, and, and, um, and constant iteration and failure and all that sort of stuff. One last question. What's your top tip for keeping a spark alive in the studio? It's, it's a question that I also want an answer to. <laughs> like Stay I tuned, have, yeah. you'll get to see others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a good, you know, it's a good initiative you're doing um, because I don't think there's one answer, but some few things I thought would be uh, maintaining a sense of play at all times, um, but play with experimentation. So not play like in an ignorant way where you're sort of just like la 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 la, um, but play that you're, there's a joy, there's a sort of effortlessness, but also a willingness to do things that you're not comfortable with at the same time. So I think those two things, um, you know, can be really good. Uh, and also to trust your intuition, you know, things like that. And that's a cliche thing to say, but the intuitive kind of aspect, that's a kind of ties into play. Um, can you tell when you're starting to disconnect from your intuition? Yeah, when, when, I, when the self-doubt becomes like overwhelming and then you, uh, there's an inability to act. Like I realise that action is powerful, like just doing something uh, and then seeing what happens through doing that. And then that's not to say it's uncritical, it just means that you're provoking something that then sparks a consideration and an analysis and then that further starts the sort of the rolling of a motion. Whereas if you start to just sort of think, 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 like, okay, I should do this, oh, not if I don't do that, oh, if I don't do you get stuck in this kind of mental loop. Um, so action and play are really good starting points. Uh, and then you can be as critical and, and as analytical as you can once you create something. Then you can go, oh, is it good, is it bad? But um, not making anything, nobody wins. <laughs> <laughs> you know? right. no. There's nothing nobody to like wins, yeah. look at or discuss. That's or... it, yeah. It's just a thought that never happened, you know? <laughs> so um, action, you know, also just like, and the action could be anything. Like it could just be dropping paint on something or I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just to get the motion going. Action and play. I yeah. love that. Mason Kimber, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.